Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. to the Retail Corner Podcast. Today we have with us Nina Sitterman, Senior Vice President Sales Operations at Little US. How are you doing today, Nina? Good morning. I'm very good today. Thank you. Uh, that sounds great. So the topic for today that we're going to be talking about is, you know, keeping a growth mindset when breaking into a new market, right? Because a lot of times I think when we break into a new market as entrepreneurs or ex as executives, it could become a little scary, right? Because maybe there's different ways that another country does things, employees are used to a different mindset, et cetera, et cetera. And before we really dig down into it, Nina, I know you have a lot of experience as a re senior retail executive, you know, sales and operations strategist and business transformation leader. And I wanted to ask you, what has been like your biggest success story thus far when it comes to putting a team together, changing the operational processes and, you know, going on the, on the other side, 180 degrees after and seeing the, the sunshine brighter, I guess. Yes. My biggest success story actually goes back a few years already. And uh, that's both personal, personally and professionally. Before I, I mean, I'm obviously now in the US, as we know, but before I moved to the US, I moved to Spain. And uh, I was working for a little. I just went on board as a new hire. I got promoted straight away and I did not speak the language. I had very little idea about the country. I didn't have a big idea about the, the, the language. However, I had to make it work because I just had a promotion. And uh, I was already heading up uh, a team of 30 stores with an average like 20 people working in each store. So that's like 600 people. Wow. And I had to bring them together. And there was unions involved and you somehow had to make it work. And it, I did make it work. And the reason why is because... I was fully aware of my limitations for obvious reasons, but also people and my staff were really, really patient with me. I didn't understand them very well. I, I'm sure they didn't understand well me either, but they they didn't make it too obvious. And we just tried to sort it out together in some way or another. And I think the only reason I could do that because I was being super honest, super upfront. I didn't come in as the expert or the one who knew it all. I just had to play out straight and very plain and it was amazing in the end <laughs> that sounds phenomenal <laughs> no that that takes me back you see i um i remember when when i moved to the u.s as well i knew english i mean i'm sorry i knew spanish and i knew german but no english whatsoever so the first year i i can definitely put myself in your shoes and now on top of that having 600 people working for you unions processes procedures because i i know spain is, is very peculiar right in the way it operates yes, in a lot of it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no but that's great so now with a lot of experience in Europe and moving into the US market and really trying to penetrate the US market, obviously the US is, is another 180 degrees, right? Very, very different, yes. uh, very fast paced. And, and it's all about productivity, 
right? Capitalism and really getting the ball going. And and let me ask you, as you guys are, are looking to penetrate that market and growing into that market, right? When we talk about scalability, right? That that mindset that you have when you want to grow that business into a separate market that you're not used to. What is your approach to that? Like, what do you think of that? What's the best way so far that you guys have perceived going into that? Yes, um, good question. To put it in simple terms, it comes down to finding the balance in between what your business is like, what's the core strength of your business, and what the new market is like. And you will never be able to take a business model one-on-one into a new market, be it the US or be it any type of market. So you need to um, have a very set idea of who you are, what you want to achieve, but also explore the market very well and see what kind of pieces you have to put onto your core to to really make it work and to find the right places to scale into into a market. Absolutely, absolutely. And as you've penetrated so many different markets, what do you find as the, the most challenging? Is it relating to, to the staff? Is it uh, getting adjusted to the way they operate? Or is it more the consumer and getting adjusted to how the consumer behaves? What, what have you seen as being the, the most challenge? Yeah, good point. Um, ultimately, it's, it's a mix of everything, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the biggest or the biggest challenge we've had to live through was coming from Europe and thinking that the US market is very different or no, very similar to what we know. And it's actually not. Um, and I have to, just from my point of view as well, you totally underestimate, first of all, how big the market actually is and how diverse the market is. And it's it's an English-speaking country. We, we, we have stores in, in, in English-speaking countries in Europe as well, but it's mm-hmm. still very different. And uh, that makes it very interesting from an employee point of view, because at the end of the day, it's a retail business. If you don't have the right teams and the right staff, it's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. And also from the customer point of view, so what does the customer really want? So to give an example, we thought that the U.S. is all about big, big stores, big, big, big sizes, big packaging, big everything bigger than in Europe. Yes, you can find that, of course, but it's in, in not. certain areas, right? Like Texas. <laughs> yeah, but no, absolutely not. Just it's not just Texas, but there's uh, there's other states, as you know, and as I know now as well, where you just have. Uh, an average consumer who wants an average size of packaging and who just uh, does a shop for two, one or two days and, and that's about it. So that yeah, was no, no. a big learning curve. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I recall um, when I when I started traveling to Europe a lot and, and to me the big difference was exactly what you said, right? The level of consumption, right? It, it's like yeah. people went to the grocery store and I remember, you know, I would see the, the consumers in Europe maybe grab one, two tomatoes, and that's it, you know? <clears throat> and then I'm um, from Texas, so when I was back at home, it was like, oh my God, how many tomatoes can you feed in the bag, right? That, that was the whole point of it. Whether <laughs> yeah. you were gonna use them, all of them or not, it really didn't matter, it's just about filling that bag, you know? But but yeah, you're so right. Then you go up to middle US, northern US, right? To like Boston areas in New York, and I feel like Boston, New York, th- those areas, 
they seem somewhat what more similar to Europe, right? It, it's it's more yeah. boutique stores, even at a grocery level, right? And it's go and get what you need for today, tomorrow, and maybe the day after, right? Otherwise, you stay very, very within the days that you're consuming. So the next question I wanted to ask you, obviously, as you grow into other markets, um, are you guys looking at partnerships? How important do you, do you think partnerships are to like all our listeners out there, right? Because I feel like, there's a lot of mindset many times from entrepreneurs and also from business leaders. Hey, it's our brand and we want to achieve and complete everything on our own, right? But but I feel if nothing else, the pandemic has taught us is the importance of collaboration and partnerships and how much it eases the flow of things, right? Because you'll be able to learn more things and there's enough in the market out there, I believe, for everybody, right? So sharing is not ultimately losing on your sales or on your margins or anything like that. But obviously as you've been through it and as much professional experience as you have, what is your input on that? Yes, of course. I don't think that any business can be without partnerships, um, especially in the in the food retail area. But you have to look at it from different angles. So you need to see where where do you really want a partnership or where do you need a partnership and and where do you have to stay with your own experience or your own strength so to give an example uh, when it comes to maybe something from the IT area um which is not typically our expertise of course we're looking for strong partners or for for someone who knows better or can teach us um sometimes even in the in the in the field of hr um when we look at assortments we we do have a huge amount of own brand but it's not only own brand but we also have like brand brands um that's a partnership as well but at the end of the day it's about finding the right mix without giving up your core your core identity and your core strength so yes absolutely but then it needs to be looked at where where does that fit in and what's the best win-win for both sides. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, and I'm sure one of the challenges as well, uh, and you very well mentioned right now, having your own name brands, right? When we talk about supply chain, right? <clears throat> yeah. Supply chain and then growing into other markets and not really having distribution centers set up yet and whatnot, of course, the cost of shipping goods, et cetera. What have, what have you guys experienced as the biggest challenge when it comes to supply chains, distribution centers, and of course, all the technology that's coming out? You know, I think supply chain is like the, the hot baby right now when it comes to technology and inputting that with the business. Yes. I mean, we're not really different in this instance from the rest of, of the competition. So supply chain is a big challenge. It's a big headache and it has been for a long time already. <laughs> so there's there's all sorts of um, headaches around that. So there's uh, not enough supply. Then there's suddenly a huge amount of overstock. Then you have to deal with that overstock. Then suppliers are changing. They can't keep up with the promise. Then you need to ship it out into stores. So your logistics partners might not necessarily be able to deal with the volume or not flexible enough. So honestly, this I don't think there's uh, any sort of scenario or any sort of headache. All of us didn't have to live through over the last two to three years. How do you make that work? Stay as cool-minded as you can and as pragmatic as you can. And that's that's what I really, really like about food retail because you need to find solutions. It's it's about getting your items into the store, making sure that the customers can buy 
And sometimes it's not a perfect solution. Sometimes the store doesn't look the prettiest, but at least you have a solid offer and you can serve the customers and, and you just have to be creative sometimes and, and, and be transparent, be fair and, and go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you talk about being creative, the other thing that comes to mind is obviously <clears throat> employee retention, right? And the workforce. And it, and it seems like in the past three, four years, it has changed so much uh, all yeah. over the globe, right? Yeah. Uh, the interest of the employee, how to retain them. Uh, how have you guys shifted as an organization? Maybe because obviously you have your standard practices and best practices, but I think these four years have really made all businesses have to push the envelope. And as you very well said, get creative. Right. So how, how have you guys shifted in order to adjust to that? The first big change was um, when we all went remote and then we started coming back. We actually figured out that there are some areas of the business that can just constantly work remotely. They don't have to come back into an office. So something like uh, customer service, customer care. They they dealing with all these issues remotely anyway, whether they're being sit in, sat in an office or whether they're being sat in their home office, they don't have to come to the office. But that was completely new for us because we were very much very traditional food retail. Everyone has to be here. We need we, we like the synergies. We want people to have those coffee conversations, all of those things. <laughs> um, so big, big change. And um, when it comes to stores and store operations or also logistics centers operation, um, you're coming from a business model that's a very structure, very, very small hierarchy. And our store staff do various things. Um, whilst they're being called associates, they're sitting at the, the check lane, they, they unpacking items, they're cleaning if they need to. So that's all what is associate do, does, which is very different to what the U.S. market is like. Now, with all these constraints um, falling out, down on us, we had to open up and we also had to um, be more flexible and say, well, maybe there is someone who just sits at the check line or maybe there is someone who just comes in for unpacking in the morning or in the evening or whatever time and that person doesn't do anything else, he or she gets trained for it and that's their job. But that's, again... Something that before wasn't really typical for us, and we didn't really want to do that either. But it, it worked out well. That's great. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear, <clears throat> as you, as you know, as you very well said, right? As you're adapting and you're getting creative, there's always hurdles, right? You're gonna make mistakes, but the only way to me, mistakes are just opportunities to gain wisdom, right? I don't think they're yeah. failures, but they're rather opportunities to gain wisdom, and and I think that's exactly what you describe right now, and. Um, so what are you guys working on today, right, for the upcoming future that really excites you? What's like the, the next big project or maybe the project that's already taking place that you're really excited about? Well, the product is still the same that we're working on for the last three three to five years. We, we are expanding. We're heavily expanding, and that's about increasing store networks, distribution center networks. Um, headcounts and, and making sure that the operation as such is really, really, really set up and very, very well performing. So that's a massive, a massive thing, which requires a lot of presence and traveling as well. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. I bet you you've been a hundred around the world in 180 days. No. <laughs> Yeah, many, a few times already, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a few times around. 
Well, Nina, it has been a pleasure. And and I want to ask you one last question, which I always ask of all of our guests. You know, if you had one piece of advice, and, and I guess keeping it in, in the topic at hand, right? The, the, the growing, the penetrating a new market, whether you're a mid-sized retailer, whether you're already a full-grown retailer, or maybe you're starting up, right? And you're seeing your business thrive. What would be the one piece of advice that you would give all our listeners as they're starting to engage a completely new market and they want to grow into that market? I would say that the most important thing is that you need to know who you are and what you stand for. What's your business model? What's your core? And and be, be true about it. Be real. See what's necessary to adapt to a market, but don't forget why you're doing things and why you're doing them the way you do before you just run into things and overcomplicate anything and you can't manage it anymore and you lose your core identity. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. I think so, so many times people want to penetrate a new market or even a new region, right? And just trying to to really connect with that target audience, at many times it can get you deviated from your original path, right? And it, yeah. it's okay to make adjustments, but not to step off track and try to become something you're not because then it might backfire on the original or existing customers you have on hand. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you so much for your advice. Thank you so much for all your inputs. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Nina. Uh, I hope you have very well and safe travels and, and I wish you all the success as you guys continue to grow. Uh, I know Little is doing amazing and I'm sure it's going to continue to do so. And I hope in the future we can connect again to see, uh, you know, all the fruit of your labor, uh, you know, in the next coming years. That would be great. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one and you guys enjoy. Have a great day and we'll see you again at the Retail Corner Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast and thank you so much for listening.